Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Amherst Weekly. The first time in a couple weeks here, we're back talking Rochester Amherst Hockey, the AHL affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres, the one team in the organization that appears to know how to win hockey games. I guess if you don't count Cincinnati. But either way, uh, as always, I am joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, I was looking, not looking forward to, but I thought we were going to have another down in the dumps podcast when I saw the score earlier today, but when I check back later, I guess it's going to be a good conversation. Yeah, I had uh, started putting together some kind of notes and, uh, you know, the things weren't looking too well. And then all of a sudden the kind of unthinkable happened and I just completely tossed everything I had, deleted it, control A, select <laughs> all, delete and started over. But uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've last talked and things are still going pretty well for the most part, um, you know, and Kind of they finished off the weekend with uh, two huge wins over Toronto and a massive comeback win Sunday afternoon. So we'll start there. So there's actually a lot of talk about this week. So we'll, uh, like I said, because we haven't talked in a couple of weeks here, but we'll start there because that's the game. That's the freshness right now is the weekend game. So a weekend set with the Marlies. They actually pulled out both games. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of, I'll spin it over to you, kind of how the, uh, how the two games went over the weekend here against the Marlies. Yeah, uh, Saturday was a was a, just a pretty dominant game overall for Rochester, winning five to two over the Marlies. Um, you know, Olsen had two goals, uh, goals from Ellie, Chris Colo. So it was, uh, you know, a great great game in net for Wedgwood. Um, it was just, you know, the kind of the game you expect from a first place team for most of the season. Right. You know, it just dominated the Marlies start to finish, and uh, paid off with a big win. And then uh, leading into Sunday, the game kind of started off with a great first period, great 20 minutes of hockey. Um, you know, got a goal from Asplund, scored uh, halfway through the first period or so, and then things kind of fell apart in the second. Uh, Toronto scored three goals. Uh, they scored again with 38 seconds into the third period, and Wedgwood headed to the bench. Uh, just, you know, was not his best game overall, I'm sure. All those goals he would love to have back. And then kind of the, uh, yeah, things happened. And, uh, you know, they came back. Next thing you know, C.J. Smith scores somehow from behind the net, which. <laughs> that was an interesting one. I saw I, that. <laughs> you know, hopefully there will be, uh, you know, video replay on YouTube or something where we can see how that went in. Because I don't know if it went off a stick, uh, the goalie, but somehow he scored from behind the net. Uh, and then uh, Rasmus Asplund scored his second goal of the game to get him within one. And then in an unlikely kind of last 22 seconds, Kyle Kuskol tied the game up. And uh, Danny O'Regan finished it off in overtime. So it was a huge night for that, huge afternoon for that line overall. And, yeah, they just, uh, you know, it seemed like once they pulled the goalie, it kind of gave them more energy or just one of those things changed the game up. and. Yeah, so I don't know if uh, Toronto was playing not to lose or Rochester really kicked it up a notch. But either way, it paid off. So I guess where I'm going to I'm going to start here is uh, I'm going to ask you about I'm ask you ask you about everybody on that line, but I'm going to start with uh, Olofsson. I think that's the most interesting. You know, he started off really hot and that caught a lot of attention early in the season. Then he kind of cooled down a little bit, but now I mean, you see this guy's development from the beginning of the season to where he is now. Uh, a four assist game today. Uh, the two goals you mentioned on Saturday. I mean, it, it's tough to argue right now that he's not, if not maybe tied, possibly the best player in that team. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, him and C.J. Smith are just, you know, just neck and neck. It's kind of tough to say, you know, obviously Olsen has more points, but, right. you know, kind of what C.J. does as well is just, yeah, it's it's impressive to watch him do, you know, watch him play. And Olsen gets, 
you know, we've seen his goals. He's got the nickname Golson, which is, you know, kind of, you know, those are the highlight reels. But I think something we often overlook, he has, leads the team with 33 assists. Yeah. You know, pretty impressive to, you know, he's got more assists than goals. So, you know, not only is he scoring the goals, but he's, you know, he's getting the passes off too. And, you know, he's helping his buddy Esplund out and had uh, assists on both of Esplund's goals today. Yeah, I mean, that, the shooting, you know, quickly on Olsen, it's, I don't remember if it was his first goal or his second goal on Saturday. I saw the highlight where he was just alone at the top of the circle. I mean, I know it's an AHL goalie, but he's at the top of the faceoff circle. No one's screening the goalie. It's like, I'm just going to beat you clean with a wrist shot. I mean, it's just that shot is still crazy. I mean, you, in his, I'm again, the other goal he had was a no chance by the goaltender. So, I mean, it's that shot just lives up to it. And then when you add his playmaking passing ability, it's kind of all rounds into shape for him. Yeah, and that's the you know the two uh, two goals Asplund had today. He was wide wait, wide open on the right side, and two passes from Olson on the opposite end of the ice kind of blow the face off dot, and you know just perfect pass kind of through traffic, through some legs to Asplund, and he buried him. So it goes both ways. So he's helping his buddy out, and you know Asplund's helping Olson out, and yeah, I mean the like you said, the way they pick their spots and the playmaking is impressive compared to say CJ Smith, who's just kind of scores goals from everywhere on the ice. Right, right. And so it's it's kind of tough to say, you know, yeah, Olson definitely leader by far, but you know, I'd always gonna mention CJ as far as what he's done, you know, beginning of the season to now. So the other guy we talked about a few times here, uh, that is again, if you look at a guy from the beginning of the season to where he is now, uh, you know, Asplund's a guy we talked about early in the season where He's doing those things that if we had advanced stats, it would kind of show up. But we're in the AHL, you don't. You don't see that, and the points were there. Now, in the second half of the season, the points are coming now. So now it's like he's being rewarded for the good play. And, you know, again, that's encouraging, and that's the right time for the Amherst to see this player step up in this role and provide offense on top of what he does, you know, in his overall 200-foot game. Yeah, I mean, the last 10 games, I think you just added up, he's got eight assists. Um, he's currently fifth on the team with 26 assists, tied for fourth with Daniel Regan. So yeah, he went from, you know, first half of the season, we were talking like, you know what, he doesn't have the numbers, but he's still playing well to, you know what, now he's getting the numbers. He's, uh, you know, something that kind of shows a little bit more for what he's doing. And, you know, face-off wins as well is something that we have to take. You know, we don't have the stats on, but factor in and he's, yeah, he's contributing everywhere. Well, the last guy we talked about a few mentioned a few times here is Daniel Regan. You know, he's the guy that I kind of think he gets forgot about at times. Uh, you know, he's he's for me personally, he's a guy that I feel bad for in this situation. He's 25 years old. He's definitely a good AHL player. You know that, uh, if not one of the best AHL players in the league, compared uh, to his career. And he only got one game with the Sabres this year. I think he deserved more than that. Uh, and he, now that he didn't get enough NHL games in he's going to be a group five free agent this summer, which leaves to the possibility the Sabres lose him for nothing. If they don't resign him. Um, but a couple of things. So I'm curious kind of how he's, if he's continued his pace here the last few games and I kind of your overall feel how he's kind of been handled here this season. Yeah. Regan has his last 10 games alone. He's got 11 assists, which is, you know, pretty, so over 11, two goals, 11 assists and the massive overtime winner. Um, yeah, he's kind of been overlooked, um, you know, by the Sabre side of things. You know, I don't think anybody in Rochester has overlooked him at all. He's, right. you know, he, he makes that line. That whole line is impressive, which I think I tweeted out earlier. You would like to see him 
you know, in a perfect world where rosters could have easily moved around, you sign O'Regan and you call up the whole line next year and <laughs> you have your third line ready to go for the Sabres. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, what the impressive thing is, yeah, he's clearly getting overlooked. He didn't get a chance with the Sabres. He had, a, you know, that one game against Washington, I think, and then he sat in the press box. And then went um, down and came back up and then went back down again. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I kind of factor him with C.J. Smith as well, where, you know, one of the things C.J. said was, you know, it kind of sucked getting sent down for him as well. But, you know, one of the things that's kind of says a lot about, you know, this Rochester team and, you know, they, you know, the respect they have for each other, teammates, they're not hanging their heads. They're not like, you know what? Yeah, it does suck getting sent down. They want to be up there. But, you know, clearly with the point totals they're putting up and winning games, you know, they're they're playing as a team. And, you know, even if they don't factor into the Sabres plans, you know, next season, you know, they're doing everything right to possibly get a look by somewhere else. And Chris Taylor often says, hey, you know what, their goal as coaches is to get these guys to the NHL. And even if it doesn't factor into, you know, the Sabres plans, you have to think other players that are in their situation are going to be like, you know what, Rochester could be a good spot for me to find my game back. and you know, kind of get a new start. So before we flip into the uh, Sabre side of things, although there is one more Rochester topic, uh, I have to ask you about the overtime thing. So Chris Taylor goes with three forwards to start overtime, Olison, uh, Asplin, and O'Regan. Is that something he's done before, or is that kind of a new thing? Well, let's back it up just a little bit to share another thing. with uh, When they pulled Adam Wilcox to get the extra skater on the ice, they also mm-hmm. went with six forwards. Interesting. So, yeah, there was, uh, with, you know, the last 25 seconds of the game was Olsen, Lear, Smith, Asplin, Criscolo, and O'Regan. So I don't think that's ever been, you know, he's ever done that before with six forwards. Uh, same thing in overtime with three forwards. And I imagine the big reason for that is just missing Lawrence Pilot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, since he was called up, um, Zach Redmond is on the injured list again. He would normally be in one of those spots. So, yeah, with the two of them missing, um, you know, clearly he knew the, you know, the best route to go was putting out all forwards. Uh, you know, the only other player that's often been out in a position like that is Matt Tennyson, and everybody kind of has their, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's played much better in the second half, and we're not going to go there. But, you know, the kind of the two key players you're going to have in those parts of the game are going to be Pilot or Redmond, right, and neither, right. neither of them are on the team right now. So you're, they're kind of lacking, a, you know, puck-moving scoring defenseman. That makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense. But it, it's interesting, and it worked out for him, and it worked out when he pulled the goalie, too. So that's interesting. I just kind of want to ask about that. That's a new thing he pulled out, or if he's done that in the past. So that's good to know. Yeah, definitely definitely a new thing, and it worked. And you know what? He'd do it again if we need to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it worked, so why not go back to it, right? So the last Amherst topic I kind of want to touch on before we flip to some Sabres part of this in a, in a way uh, is uh, Matei Picard uh, was assigned to – Rochester in the last week after his season ended with Barry. Well, season ended back in January, but Barry's season officially ended uh, about a week ago. So I know he's been on the ice a few times for practice. How's that kind of going with him? You know what? That poor guy has been just, you know, you hear the term bag skate sometimes and they just in a way beat the snot out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's kind of, he had a, you know, I'm not sure where, you know, he broke his collarbone, um, you know, back in mid, late January, something like that. So I don't think he's really skated since then. And, uh, you know, talking to him, one of the things he said, it was driving him sane, not skating. 
So um, he didn't do anything with kind of the full team practice. He kind of waited towards the end with the last couple of uh, drills and then, you know, came on the ice for extra skating and then Mm -hmm. uh, stays out afterwards. Um, But they just, you know, all the coaches were out there with them and just corner drills, you know, finish, come out of corner, go, you know, red line, blue line, and just the type of drills that anybody would be on their knees, (laughs) you know, gasping for air. You know, there was another interesting, he was out there for probably a good half hour on trying to think maybe Thursday, Thursday it was. And, um, Chris, what's his name? Uh, Chris Birch, I believe is the name is one of the Sabres development coaches. Um, and he was out there skating with them and just kind of pushing them into corners and, you know, really pushing them hard. Cause you can see Picard is kind of, uh, you know, he's probably a step or two behind everyone else, which, you know what, being a 19 year old coming from juniors, not skating for a couple right, and months, not playing for two months. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be anything, you know, anything of concern. It's just, Hey, you have to get it back up to, you know, game speed, just like anybody else would be injured. But, uh, at one point, uh, he went into the corner to kind of go do a turn and Bart went in and just dropped him. Just, <laughs> <laughs> It kind of hit him in the back, and Picard just went hard into the boards. And you could see all the other coaches on the ice just kind of like put their gloves over their faces, like like a wind's gonna, <laughs> like, like holy crap, did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? To Picard's credit, you know, in a game he probably would have got up and beat the snot out of him, but you know, got up, you know, kind of just went right back into it, and uh, yeah, he didn't, you know, he didn't miss a beat. So it was, uh, you know, and then I talked to him afterwards and, you know, he came off the ice dripping in sweat and still just, uh, you know, the kid's got a great attitude and you can tell he's just itching to get back into a game. So what do you, do you think he eventually gets in a game or two here or do you think he's kind of just there to hang out? You know what, it, it's going to depend on the standings. Um, that's my, my thought process is because it's still, the Emmerichs are still trying to get back into first place. Um, you know, it's still within reach of Syracuse. Okay. Um, they have an abundance of players, so you know I don't think they're you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they do because you know hey they got you know extra players as it is that aren't playing um, and then are you going to try to get the new kid in there? Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be a uh, interesting to see what they do. I, I imagine they want to. You know, yeah. I don't. They want to get them into a game, but you know, with how close the playoff race still is, it's going to be a uh, you know it's probably going to roll the dice whether or not it's worth it or, you know, if they think he can get up to speed, you know, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. I guess something to keep an eye on. So transitioning to the Sabres part of it here, um, I would say we kind of, in a way, a surprising call up today, which is uh, by all accounts, the last Sabres call up uh, since it's not an injury designated call up is Lawrence pilot recalled. Uh, I saw your tweet the other day that he's maybe had some struggles of late Rochester, but if you kind of want to elaborate on that, maybe a little further. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's not the same Lawrence pilot that we had at the beginning of the year. Um, so how's he really you know. saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> in a way. I'm not, but I'm half kidding. I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think it, um, you know, first year player in North America, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, he hasn't been bad. That's, you know, I guess we'll start by saying that he hasn't been bad, but you know, right. when he start the season off, you know, over a point game per player yeah. and then, yep. you know, he came back down and only had one goal and, you know, one goal and a handful of assists in a couple of games. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just expectations are higher. Um, you know, he just kind of seems a little timid. 
Uh, you know, and I think I go back to one of the things uh, Taylor Leard said earlier, you know, when he came here was it took him a little while to get his confidence back is that just, you know, you know, you can play, but you know, when you're sitting and kind of going up and down and you're not really sure where your spot is, it, it, it does something to you. You know, and then we kind of saw the same thing happen with Gooley last year where he started off really great and got called up and spent some time up and then, you know, kind of, I don't want to say plateaued in some way, but, you know, kind of had to find his game again. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a concern for sure because they need, you know, blue line to score goals. And when they were, they were dominating play. So, you know, we'll see what, uh, you know, see what he can do when his C comes back. All right, which I don't think will be, I don't think he'll be here very long. So I think you'll get him back pretty soon. So the last thing I had on my list of topics here before we kind of maybe look ahead to the upcoming week here, uh, you know, you mentioned that Rochester's roster is kind of compact as it is, but this is the time type of the year. Maybe they can start, maybe they'll see some more players come in down there. This is college free agent season. Uh, Jacob Bryson is a guy who'll be interesting to watch here over the next week. Him, Providence made the NCAA tournament, but they faced Minnesota state in the first round, which could be a tough matchup for them. So if they're knocked out over the weekend, we could see him possibly if he signs around the Sabres in the next week or so. So maybe he would go to Rochester or Buffalo. And then Lucan is another guy who I think Sudbury is going to go kind of far. So maybe he won't play in the picture as much, but you know, if something happens and uh, Sudbury is out again, he's a guy that could be in the picture pretty soon here. So I'm just kind of curious who overall thought uh, what, I guess they would do. We're kind of looking forward to maybe getting some other fresh players in here. Yeah, it's uh, you know they also signed um, a defenseman, Kurt Gosselin, right? Um, right. Yeah. You know from do you know he's already he's in Cincinnati, but they signed him already for next season. next season for an Amherst contract. So yeah, I mean this is an interesting time of year because normally at this point of the season, you know there's openings for someone to play. Um, you know last year there were you know when Will Borgen and Judd Peterson came up and played there were you know, they were kind of locked up in a playoff spot. So there was an opening for them to play. You know, I think right now it's, it's going to come down to how the standings are to, you know, who, who comes out of the lineup, you know, in a way you have, uh, you know, today, Sean Malone was scratched. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't, I think he was healthy compared to, you know, a couple days ago, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's definitely a different scenario this year compared to previous seasons since they have so many extra players and, you know, extra defensemen and, you know, kind of they're riding, they want to ride Wedgwood into the postseason. So, yeah, I mean, the opportunities there, you know, they're going to come up. That always happens with guys out of college, but who plays in a game is, you know, it's hard to predict right now because of the standings and extra players. So what, what is their magic number to clinch? It's like four points now, right? After the win today? Uh, should be four points. So by my math, they can clinch on Wednesday with a win and a Belleville loss. Okay. But we probably don't want that because Belleville plays Syracuse. So, mm. okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of, in a way, the you know it is a magic number. You do want to clinch the playoffs because it does mean a lot more. They're in the playoffs, right? Right. So you know, in a way, it's it kind of takes the fun out of chasing that. Um, but you know, you're still going to chase it. Right. Uh, yeah. So either way, they should be able to knock on wood clinch by next weekend. And still with three games against Syracuse to go in the last, you know, nine, that's it, going to be a, a fun ride to the end. And they sit in the two seed right now? Yes. Yep, Rochester is three behind Syracuse, and uh, they have a game in hand. And like I said, those three games remaining against Syracuse are probably going to be a – Interesting. You know, it's going to be like, a, you know, more playoff games. Right, right. 
Very interesting. So speaking of this upcoming week, they have three games. Like I said, starting on Wednesday at home against Lehigh Valley. And then they're also home on Friday against Laval and then head to Binghamton uh, to play the Devils. So they've had some success against for the most part. So how does the weekend look here? Because next weekend, as I'm looking at the schedule now, is going to be very interesting. That's a home and home of Syracuse. So next weekend should be interesting. But how is this uh, week looking here? Yeah, this week is going to be three games against three teams that are not going to be in the playoffs. So, you know, we're going to see teams probably with those extra college players or, you know, extra players bringing in for Mm -hmm. a look. And also teams looking to play spoiler. Yep. Um, You know, today the or this weekend, the Amherst played against former Sabre Nick Baptiste. And, of course, he managed to get a goal in. And uh, they'll welcome Justin Bailey back to town on Wednesday. That's right. If he's not called up, but he's been... Yeah, he's been up and down, like, all over the place with Philadelphia. It's been kind of crazy to watch. (laughs) He's been that emergency recall you talked about where he's up and down and probably hasn't unpacked the bag. But, yeah, yeah, there are three games against three non-playoff teams. So, they, you know, on paper, they should be be three wins in, uh, you know, two home games. They need to start winning winning at home. So, yeah, that's going to be uh, three teams that want to play spoiler, and then the Emmerichs who want to dominate and get any should be a good six points. Very good. So Rochester's season is somewhat coming to a close. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left. They'll wrap it up in the middle of April. Sabre season will be over well before then. Uh, we have it's to over already. Th- we have, I mean, it's officially <laughs> over, but we have to suffer through some more games, like Casey Middlestat not playing probably tomorrow so that'll be excellent how that goes mm-hmm. but that's just Sabres land right now so it is what it is so that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. make sure you follow him on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and check out all of his excellent content uh, at Let's Go Amrix.com uh, they'll be the playoff team so they're fun some playoff hockey it'll be the Amrix to watch I'm gonna try to get up their keys for one of these playoff games so uh, I'll let you know which one I which one I can get up there for yeah, if uh, if if you know, I say if by any chance they clinch home ice, I'm guessing the first game would be April 19th. If you want to try to pencil that in, okay, good to know. Um, I know the lacrosse team plays on the 20th, so that's out of the question. The playoffs usually like to start on a Friday, so knock on wood, that should be the day and uh, should be the start of the resurgence of Tage Thompson. That's right. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get to that topic. I'll lose my mind. But, but we'll kind of see how that goes for Rochester. So right. that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. For Chad and Keith, we are out of here. Keith, enjoy the week. Enjoy the playoff race. And we will talk next week. Yeah, hopefully we'll talk again next week and have uh, more good topics. So you have a great one, Chad. All right, see you later.